Down to Business in Lincoln is hosted by Polly Requa. Polly is a senior account executive at Broadcast House Media and founder of Bark and Wag, selling pet accessories and host of Bark and Wag 15-Minute Vet Talk podcast. Polly sits down with industry leaders and discusses motivation, business strategy, and what makes them tick. Whether you're a new entrepreneur looking for next-level advice, a current business owner ready to expand, or just love talking shop, listen in and join the conversation with Polly's Down to Business in Lincoln. Welcome to Down to Business in Lincoln. I'm your host, Polly Requa. Today we're talking to Shannon, owner of Transformation Group. Welcome, Shannon. Well, thanks, Polly. I am so excited to be invited here Yes, today. so please tell us about Transformation Group. Yeah, so we are right in the middle of a new rebrand, which is super exciting. So Transformation Group started 22 years ago, and we went by Transformation Marketing for the majority of that. And, you know, as a business owner, sometimes you get to a place that you're doing all the things that you know how to do. You kind of reach this level of excellence in a lane, and you want more. So that's kind of where we're at right now, exploring some new things that I am so excited about, I can talk to you about too. But with that, we just felt that it was time for a little bit of brand facelift. Okay, so 22 years ago, how did you decide to start the business? And did you start it in Lincoln or did you move here from another place? Yeah, Yeah. no, I was here primarily. I live in Panama right outside of Lincoln, but it was started honestly out of necessity and maybe a little bit of accident. Uh, so I had two kiddos really close together. My husband was actually in radio sales, has been in sales all of his life. But for anyone listening that's in sales, what you like to do is make the sales connections and the strategic uh, planning around that. You hate to do all the detail work. So um, I did that for him. So it expanded his time to do what he did well. And through that, I kind of really found that I had a knack for marketing. My previous job was in banking, which I love just as much. But what I learned is the skills we learn are transferable. So with that, I built a team at first with 1099 employees and or vendor partners, whatever it was. And then I kept building those out until I can bring them inside. And then the agency grew from there. So I told Travis where, you know, he worked with radio. I said, gosh, there's so much more. We got to be online. We got to do websites. These people need this, 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 and this. And he goes, well, I've never done that. I'm like, I'll figure it out. That's kind of been my mantra. So I'll figure it out. So that's kind of what we did. We started with traditional media planning and placement and then moved into digital and just kept growing more and more into the digital. So how did you decide to do a rebrand? Yeah. So through the years, especially being in the digital space, we deployed ads, we created ads, we created content, we grew social audiences, we built websites, and all of that is needed. But I felt like the pieces that really were missing was the lead acquisition that we could really tag a lead and follow them all the way through a sales process. So we all know that sales and marketing go hand in hand, but when we're only doing marketing, it's like, okay, well, we'll generate leads, but then it's a handoff internally to my clients who sometimes 
don't have great sales process, have the bandwidth, the time, or a laid out strategy to nurture a lead long enough. We're right in a time in society that I was at a seminar this weekend, up to 36 touch points to make a buying decision at times, depending on a long consideration product, project or service, you know, a high ticket item. Sometimes those need a little nurtured and we do that with information and value first. So 36 touches, I've always heard 10, but 36, it kind of makes sense because, you know, some of the digital yeah. platforms, you know, people can, you know, are spending, you know, 30,000 a month. And so it takes yeah. a little bit of time yeah. for them to digest especially with lead generation, you know, you pay to play. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And, and that's the thing is some of these terms like lead generation, I can get impressions and things like that. But when it really becomes a lead is when they raise their hand and say, I'm interested in your product. But how do we know that? Sometimes that barrier is simply cut down when they can download an ebook or a white paper or watch a webinar and be more educated before they take that next buying step. You know, and, and spend is an element, but also just how many messages, marketing messages we get in a day. And we have information at the ready. So we can stay in that consideration phase considerably longer than before because we have so many other avenues for supporting that consideration phase. So we have underlaid software where when they come in, they engage in the product or the service. They get value first, information first, however we want to disseminate that content that we were so used to creating before. But now we nurture that lead through automated marketing, automation that can stay with them longer and deliver a much warmer lead to a sales staff. So I'm really excited to bring both the sales and marketing so close together, um, trackable and tangible, uh, those sorts of so what do you feel the future is for Transformation Group? I think it's super bright. You know, when you get to do something new, but it's still in the space that you're good at, it just feels really exciting right now for me. I kind of geek out over this tech stuff anyway, but um, bringing those answers together of clarity from the beginning of a buying cycle, an engagement cycle, an intent, consideration, down through a purchase, I just think it's going to be really awesome. I also get really excited about the creativity and how we offer up our expertise because we often do that in the sales cycle. But what happens if we do a webinar and I, I spoke to a physician that he was totally on board with doing a webinar. Imagine if he can talk about the benefits of this elective surgery or surgery that then becomes non-elective if you wait long enough. And what he's seen before he even meets that patient. And it helps his workflow, his patient load when they're in the, in the room, in the exam room, because they've already engaged with him in the webinar. So I think we can be a lot more creative with our content, a lot, a lot more valuable actually. So I'm really excited. You are, you also have kind of a uh, second business because you're a coach as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A, a true it, entrepreneur well, wearing multiple hats. Well, and Paula, you know, you probably don't even know a couple of the other <laughs> things I have, but a couple years ago, I did um, really feel like 
20 years, I've learned a lot, but more than anything, owning a business is volatile, such a negative word, but it certainly is not stagnant. It always changes, maybe by our own choice or by other circumstances that happen. And for that, it can be pretty stressful at times. And I just knew that I was lucky enough to work in the business with my husband, so I kind of had an ally and we, we knew what went on that day. But a lot of business entrepreneurs, they go home to a spouse. If they go home to a spouse, they don't work together. So they're still pretty isolated in the details of what is going on with their business. I've talked to a lot of that. So I just felt like coaching is so essential. I had had coaching. How I'm putting that in with Transformation Group is I've always supported my client, of course, but I have more skills, tools, and knowledge to do that at this point. And then I also found that training, bringing that on, understanding this process or training and skill sets that help them grow their team or connect with their team or build their company culture. I really found that I enjoy that work and it seems to resonate quite well. I also feel that that's a special talent to be a coach because a lot of times as an entrepreneur, you are alone and it's nice to talk to someone that has experience to say, for that coach to say, you know, I don't think that that might be the right path. Why don't you go down this path or why don't you research this? Because, you know, you have... 22 years of experience and so you can bring that to especially new entrepreneurs that are just getting their feet wet even if they're only five years in there's so much more knowledge that you have than the person just starting off well and you know that is so true Polly but I also think too that it's people that have more experience than me but what happens in these different stages of our career is we get really hyper-focused. For sure, that's true too. And so sometimes it's like, have you considered this? Why have you not considered this? Or what makes you nervous about this? We all have our little safety zones, our little bubbles that we like to create. And sometimes just having an outside perspective helps you look at a situation differently. It might make us reach outside the comfort zone that we have actually spent 20 some years creating. Maybe we need to put ourselves out there differently and we just need someone to kind of go, I see these attributes in you. I think you can do it because we nestle into what's comfortable and I feel like for sustainability of our companies, for our excitement and self help for survivability, a lot of times we need to be able to extend beyond what has kept us comfortable in our 5, 10, 20 years of business because it is an ever evolving thing. And we, uh, as a company owner, sometimes are always looked to for the answers and we stall out our learning, our creativity, or the option of new ideas. We will stall out our, so we can't often do that with our, you know, you know, it makes sense. So do that in the comfort zone of the fellow business owner that truly knows, but is there as a main ally to push you beyond your current. Yeah, in the last podcast uh, with a guest, we were talking about it, how you have to surround yourself as as a business owner, you have to surround yourself with people that know more than you. And there's a huge fear for entrepreneurs to let go 
And so that is true. Even if you, you know, even if a person has 30 years of business, they've always done it this way. Well, guess what? You're stagnant. Yeah. And I think it kind of, to me, it feels like sometimes that iconic picture of the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other, right? You're like, I've got to be confident. I've got to have the answers because that's the hat that you wear around your team sometimes, a lot of the time. Right. Right. Even though you might be open to having dialogues and ideas coming from all over, when it all hits the fan, (laughs) they're going to ask for you to make those decisions and have that confidence, right? So you wear that hat and you have to, and you should, and you need to be equipped to do that. But then there's also this certain vulnerability that we have to have when we're learning something new and be okay with being uncomfortable and asking the questions and going, you know what? I'm okay if they do judge me because I don't know this because I can tell you right now, probably 95% of the time, they're like, dang, I wish that I had the confidence to ask that question. And they listen more intently and thankful you asked it or that you're trying something new or they you put yourself out there. So I think our fears are what hold us back more than anything. Yeah, you listen to any podcast, business podcast, <laughs> And it's all about the fear. It's all about the fear. And it's just taking that one step, even if it's a baby step, because then the next day, guess what? You don't have that fear of uh, what you just took that baby step on. (laughs) So I look at some of the speakers and podcasters and movers and shakers that I see now. It's, It's very interesting time because the summit that I went to, Most of the speakers talked about that there was a point of complete and epic, quote unquote, failure, if you would, right? And part of as an entrepreneur is the ability to go, you know what? I am in the soup today, but I have more skills, tenacity, and whatever it takes to be an entrepreneur in the first place, to pick myself up. Yeah, I'm going to give myself a good 24, 48 hours to lick my wound. We're human, right? But what is it? I'm going to tap into that to create my second act or my comeback or whatever we talk about. And I've just really felt inspired by the transparency of a lot of these people that are sharing these stories. And there's one gentleman in particular that I really like, um... If anyone hasn't heard of him, I'm not going to say you live under a rock, but maybe a really shady tree. And um, his name is Alex Hermosi. And, you know, he he built his empire on the back of building other people's gyms. Right. So it's not a it's not a channel that I really follow, but he came onto my radar in a different way. But at one particular point, you just got to even listen to his first audio book. And I think it's free out there, but he talks about, he had gathered all this deposit money and he was going to go out and I think do 20 some gyms. He had people hired to go out and do his system on creating gym memberships. And the bank held his money because that was not typical in his account. Right. And the bank had the rights to do that. And he's like, what am I going to do? And he was in the soup right there, you know, and he's, And inside of like maybe 30 days, he was very creative in what he did. He pivoted quick, but he goes, I was terrified. I was terrified. And he's only gone Mm -hmm. up from there. And so I just look at that going, I love the fact that people don't paint the, when people don't paint the picture of like, 
yeah, everything was rosy. It's great. Isn't it nice to be me? No. I, I will better identify with you when you share me your in the trenches along stories with your, along with your shining moment stories because we all have them and that's what makes us real and honestly that's when we learn the lessons and we grow the most is when we face those moments of change so you can see the entrepreneur excitement that comes out in me and then also the coaching yeah. excitement that comes out because of yeah. the stuff I've well, lived. And that's like I love it every much. successful entrepreneur, it was not an overnight success. It took 15 to 20 years yeah. to get there. And, you know, usually when we enter the picture as bystanders, you know, and watchers, it's at a moment that it just, you don't see the 10, 5, 10, 20 year struggles that made them so adept at these skills. We didn't see that development stage. But I think we need to tell everyone in this instantaneous moment when it comes on my radar or then I start seeing their suggestive YouTube videos or whatever it may be, is that there's a lot that went into that. So we need to give ourselves graces too that we too are on the path to great things. It's just, no one's watching our path and that's totally yeah. okay. We're going through the same things that they went through. So give ourselves a little bit of space sure. and grace. So what has been positive about owning your own business? So much. I really do like mm -hmm. the freedom of owning my own business. And I will say most often people think that the two freedoms that are gonna come from Business ownership is going to be money freedom and time freedom. I will say most often those are the last to come. So that said, a spoiler alert for new entrepreneurs that may be um, watching this, do have your mindset around that those are the last two to probably come into focus. But with that, it's a mindset of how we look at it. When my kids were small, they were, I mean, they were babies when we started this. And so... I worked a lot of hours, but if I went to a soccer game and I had to work on a Saturday, I had the flexibility to do that, right? I could pick my flexibility. So within that is freedom, right? It's not the four hour work week, you know, it's, it's the freedoms and how we do that. And I think the freedom of options that mold the company into something that we are hopeful glad are to a, glad to be a part that of, it, that it is a representative of okay. who we are. So I know Travis and I both came from some rough, unpleasant employment situations. I don't through that, I don't want this for my, I don't want this for my company. So having those freedoms, I really, really enjoyed. And typically in my business, we have young workers that often are first out of college. And in that moment, I've really had the opportunity to mentor them if, if they choose. I don't work that on them, but I've had people come back and say, you know, I learned a lot or thanks for giving me my first shot. Or I had no idea that I didn't know everything I needed to know from my college education that my learning started in the walls of PM, sure. PM you know, those are moments that I think are great because I had those moments. Like I think back in banking when I was 20 and started, I had a few that just took me under their wing and molded me and, and the lessons that I learned then or from my first job at 16, I can tell you exactly when I learned that lesson and what was said and they were just so pivotal. So I, I hope that I had created some of those for some great people that were in my life. And what do you feel being an entrepreneur is your has been one of your biggest hurdles? One. Oh, <laughs> one. Right? 
I think sometimes is, as with anything, you have highs and lows. And when I think about the highs and lows, I think that sometimes on mm -hmm. energy. So it could be, look and like that energy confidence. could look like confidence. It could look like perseverance. Whatever that energy is, when we get low on that energy, we can't stay there very long. So I remember when my grandmother was alive, I was really close to her and she's like, oh honey, you just need to slow down. You just need to slow down. I said, grandma, I can't slow down. I'm on a treadmill and if I slow down, I will fall on my face. And I think that that is a self push that there's so much more to be done. I can serve people so much, many more people or I like to seek out next opportunities, technologies, whatever it is, there is that inner drive. But I also know sometimes that there are moments or seasons that that wanes. And I think that there is some strategy in letting that happen. If you need to back down for a moment, but those moments can't be very long because the new normal can't be complacent it will pass you by. So if we need to retreat a little bit and say no to some events or obligations that are presented to us, and that no means that I'm recharging my batteries, that's that's great. Maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's 30 days, whatever it is to reframe for ourselves, but then we need to tap into to moving forward because by and large, our entrepreneur spirits are what make things go. And so there's a lot depending on that. And I, I really hold that responsibility pretty You know, my dad always told me to just slow down. So it must be maybe an entrepreneur trait. <laughs> and I, and I yeah. have never slowed down. There's always something new and exciting. And I just love you know, the business adventure. There's just so much to learn. But I think that's the thing is you can hear it in that statement you just said, Polly, is that that's, that's the fuel for us. It's exciting sure. for us, right? So it's one thing to run out of gas on the side of the road and you decide at that moment you're going to take in the sunset. That's great. But we can't just right. stay there, right? Because we got to see what's over the next hill. So I think that there is something to that. I, I do also feel that I've learned the older that I've gotten, and I don't know this is a new stage in my life. Um, this spring, I'm going to be grandma, so I'm super oh, excited wow. about that. Don't feel like I'm old enough. I don't feel like I'm old enough. That's super weird, but is balancing. I know when my kids were little, I didn't balance well enough the sometimes the being in the moment because everything I was carrying on my shoulders were it was so much and I think because my skills didn't match what was on my shoulders it always seemed like a lot so I'm enjoying this stage a little bit where I have um, a little bit more discernment I feel like I know what helps me close the office door at the end of the night and be present at home. Balancing that a little bit more, I think comes with time, maybe age, certainly some skills. So I'm very much enjoying that, but allowing that to come into my world. So I have some more time with family in a different way. Yeah, and I think when you're growing a business and you're raising a family, it's a really tight balance. And, you know, there's activities and there's just a lot going on so it can be exhausting so yeah as you transition out of your you know your children having 
children and, and them doing things that you did, you're able to, t- to kind of breathe, I feel like. I feel like a lot of us were at, yeah. to start a business are in survival mode and you're yeah. trying to raise your children. So you're, <laughs> it's a fine line. A hundred percent. And we don't want them to miss out on anything and, and all this stuff. And on top of it, we chose to homeschool in junior high and high school. So that added something different, but you know, it, it, it was so different. And I, and there was a moment in time that I remembered my daughter. I thought, Oh my gosh, I failed because she's like, I never, want to work as hard as you. I never. And she was so upset. But what's hilarious to me now is while I think she will probably at some point be a stay at home mom and she will rock that way better than I did. (laughs) But she also, she always has some entrepreneurial thought going on. She's like, mom, I was thinking about this and I did these wedding flowers and I love that. And she always has some sort of drive and her husband has a side hustle and she manages that like the bookings of that and it's like okay this is funny because I don't think you would have necessarily had some of that if you weren't seeing that growing up you know that there's always opportunities and I think that is a huge gift we give ourselves and our children is we do not have to wait for the opportunities to come if our eyes and heads are up you will start seeing opportunity all around you. I mean, the news can say whatever it wants, the naysayers, the negative Nellies, they can say all they want. But if you start to program your thoughts towards opportunity, that will be literally all you see. It's like a neural pathway that's kind of created that you start just seeing opportunity. So uh, start programming your, your, your brain to see that and you will live a much happier existence. Uh, So my children are the same. And yes, they always say because I have a side hustle called Bark and Wag. And, you know, they I love that name. And they've, you know, helped me tag dog collars and leashes and go, you know, present and all uh, their whole life has been a little bit about Bark and Wag. And I'll say, hey, I'm doing this festival. Do you want to come? And they'll say no. But each of their college uh, essays, they wrote on how they helped bark and wag. <laughs> they don't even know what they're learning in the moment. They have yeah. no idea. So uh, I've had my kiddos that they'll bring their friends or like their husband. They're like, oh, you need to ask my mom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know. Yeah, and it's like okay. Yeah, okay. No, it is. <laughs> it is. Good. It is funny, and I think, I think there's so many more opportunities, especially for my girls, than when I was growing up. I mean, I just remember, oh. you know, my dad yeah. saying, "Well, you got to get a job and make sure you get health insurance." And now, like Ellie is my oldest, and she graduates in May from Berkeley, and she said, "I'm never going into an office." You know, and I just think that that's so powerful because we didn't have that opportunity. And we have the tool. That's that's certainly true. I mean, and I think it's also even growing in opportunity in ways that are hard for me to keep up in understanding, you know, just how many 